What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gifted Hoops Podcast, episode 21. I began the count wrong in the past, like, three episodes, but I got it primed today, episode 21. And I'm joined here to discuss Clippers basketball with my guy, esteemed content creators, on the grind almost every time, goes to the games, does a bunch of content on his own channel, Dime Dropper. How are you doing? Feel free to, to introduce yourself to the people. Man, gifted. It's been a long time, bro. I'm excited to be on your channel finally. Obviously been subscribed for a minute. I remember when you were like at 230 and I've always been trying to, you know, help when I can to promote and retweet. So I'm really happy for you got to the 1K. And then, yeah, for me, as you know, Dime Dropper, I always try to work throughout the summer, throughout the season. During the season, I go live after almost every Laker and Clipper games. You can find that on podcast format and on my channel. Uh, and as you said, going to the games, every time I go to a sporting event, I like to, to film some of it and share it like with the people. So I have a bunch of vlogs on my channel too from like the playoffs and a bunch of different LA sports, big in LA sports, and then NBA history in the offseason. Uh, I'm really big on that as well and try to make content on that. So yeah, man, it's a grind. It's a grind, but we're always trying to get better every day. But I'm hyped to be on your channel and talk some, some hoops. 100% man and trust me when Dime says NBA history he's not he's not like he doesn't mean nice he's talking about ABA like older eras of basketball Jay West Kareem Bill like Dime Dropper is a historian of the game and he knows basketball and again he contributes a lot of his time to engaging in the sport and I rock with creators like Dime so make sure to go give him a follow but we're officially going to segue right to your team, the L.A. Clippers. I want to start off this podcast first with the 2023 season and your expectations heading into this last season we just had. This last season we just had, I thought we were going to be in championship contention, man. It seemed like a lot of people thought the same around the league, whether it be fans or the media. The only question mark was, can they stay healthy? And we found out the answer was no. So... I still believe that when fully healthy, well, actually, no, I'll say one thing. I think I was naive to think that the championship, or the team we had to start last season was a championship team. But honestly, to, I, I take that back, honestly. I wasn't naive. It's just that we didn't know Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris were going to fall off a cliff. Like, you know, Reggie Jackson, I know that sounds silly now, but Reggie Jackson in 2021 was so massive in our playoff run in 2022 he's one of the biggest reasons we got to 42 wins with pg missing 51 games and Kawhi missing all 82 so he fell he was just not the same this season and you saw he went to the denver nuggets they won the championship he didn't even play so that told you what mike malone thought of reggie jackson in terms of contributing to a real championship contender he didn't get minutes he was our starting point guard for like 30 games yes he 30, was 30 plus games and marcus morris i mean his knees just went after the first two months and that's another guy in 2021 and last year so good so important for our offense but those two being as big a part of our team and then underperforming I knew within about 10 to 15 games, this is not a championship team. We're going to have to make some trades. And I think after the deadline, if we were healthy, we could have made some noise with anybody. I think we would have been the best chance of beating Denver, even without the chemistry, just off talent, just off the fact that we have Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs and Paul George as your number two. Like he gets a lot of, you know, people give him a hard time. And Paul George as a second option, second scoring option. How many times have we seen Paul George as a second scoring option in his entire career for a full playoffs? The bubble, the bubble was a little weird. 
I mean, no excuses, right? No excuses, but it was a little weird. 2021, he got, we were in the second round. We could have beaten Phoenix. Kawhi got hurt. Now he's the first option again. We haven't seen them play a healthy playoff since. Yeah, it's it's very tough, man. Um, I feel like the way the Clippers are talked about, like there's no nuance. It's either like people are super low on them or like they're super duper high. Like there's no balance. I feel like what you said was very important. Reggie Jackson in the last playoff run that you guys had was like damn near like a 50, 40, 90 guy in the playoffs. Like obviously that's not like how good he is normally, but that that's the level that he reached for you guys and how far he dropped off was very concerning. Marcus Morris though, I agree with you. Like he, he is far from the player that he was in New York where he was hitting like five to six threes. <laughs> Y'all trade for him and he's a great piece on that team. Like this year, I feel like his defense got exposed a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And it was a lot of things happening during the season. My expectations, though, I looked at the Clippers as the team that, okay, Kawhi Leonard is going to be coming back. Paul George just had his best playoff run. Um, they almost beat the Suns, you know, still. So I'm thinking, okay, these two guys can come together and play high-level basketball, but can they stay healthy? I kind of felt like they would be like a five or six seed and really turn it up in the playoffs but then last minute paul george gets hurt and then inside of the playoffs as well Kawhi gets hurt but i still think the clippers are a good team i feel like people just don't know how to properly evaluate them because they have been such a resilient team in terms of we're just gonna win games even though paul george and Kawhi are not gonna play like the majority of all of the games and it's crazy because most teams would just crumble and fall apart if their guys aren't playing, but you guys just bounce back every single time and find a way to win and make the playoffs pretty much for the most part, you know, and I don't count last season that much because Kawhi missed literally all 82 games. Paul George had his own stuff going on and you guys still fought like hell to be a good playoff team. Like literally you were a Paul George COVID test away from potentially making, you know, last year's playoffs as well. So that's my take on it, Don. Uh, I think you said it all pretty well. Marcus Morris definitely dropped off defensively, majorly, to the point where it was becoming a liability. And then we have been a resilient team throughout, you know, the last couple of years, the Ty Lue era, really. When we've been missing guys, we found a way. But I will say, a lot of that is the players like Reggie and Marcus Morris that have bailed us out and been those big scoring guys when we don't have Kawhi and Paul George. So it was a bad ending for both of them. But I'm still always, oh, actually, you know, it's crazy. Marcus Morris is still on our team. I, I always forget because I'm like, in my head, I'm like, he gotta be, he's got to get traded. He's still <laughs> on our team. So it's, it's whatever, whenever the ending comes around for Marcus Morris when his Clipper days, and it's coming soon, uh, it's going to be a sad ending. I think just the way it all, it all has gone this past year is it's tough to see, but I always will appreciate both of them for, for those moments. Yeah, um, I got to tell you, though, for me, the 2023 season was a very weird one for the Clippers yet again, right? So what confused me was I thought in the summertime there would be enough time for Kawhi to basically come off of his injury and start healthy. That didn't really happen as much. He came back. They pulled him back. He said 
he was ready and he wanted to play. And I think this is a very important thing. Like, people just think Kawhi and Paul George just don't want to play basketball. And that couldn't be further from the truth. But they were trying to be safe to, like, make sure that he comes back fine. So they just had to, like, play without him and things got weird. What do you believe your feelings were on the start of your season this year? Well... I also thought he was just going to be on a minutes restriction in the beginning, and then he was going to get full minutes. But first game of the season, we find out he's coming off the bench. That kind of surprised me. I was like, okay, I thought we were going to limit his minutes, but start him. He comes off the bench, no big deal. He still closed the game. It was against the Lakers on TNT, and we won. That was the first game of the season, and I was pretty encouraged. I go to opening night at home uh, against Phoenix, and he plays around the same amount of minutes, like 25 or even 22. And he looked really good for what I expected for Kawhi Leonard coming off an ACL tear. And then after that, we don't see him till I think it was a homestand against Detroit, San Antonio, and Utah that we had in like late November, around when the World Cup was starting. And he had missed, like after the two games, he missed a whole month, basically. <laughs> he and missed like so 18 games. I think, no, yeah. and this is the weird part. Going to your point about when people think they don't want to play, I do think the Clippers are overly cautious with load management. I'm very public about that. But with Kawhi, that first month, right, when you list these guys as day-to-day -day every game for 10 games straight, that makes it seem like these guys can play. Like they're making the decision not to and they're just not risking it. But if you're missing a month of basketball, you clearly had a setback. You clearly are injured and you're just not telling us. Like the organization, like the PR, they're not telling us. And like, I get it, maybe they wanna keep a competitive advantage over the teams that they're playing, uh, game planning, like, oh, is Kawhi playing? Is Kawhi not playing? But like, it is regular season basketball. Like, teams can only game plan so, so much, you know, especially when you're traveling and stuff. So like, I don't know. I think, at the end of the day, it's not convenient for the fans, right? Like, you not knowing if your star player is playing is just not cool. And there was a time after he had come back for that three-game stretch, got injured again, twisted his ankle against Utah. Yeah. And and he missed till early December where he came back against Charlotte and made a game winner, by the way, in the game he came back. But he misses more time. And in that time, it was still that day-to-day -day stuff. And at one point, it was Kawhi and Paul George who got injured in the same homestand. And I remember there was a game against Sacramento. And it was on a Saturday afternoon. So already a game you probably aren't getting a sellout. No Kawhi or Paul George. Dude, it looked like the old Clipper days where we were bad. And there was like thousands of empty seats. And you hear Kings fans at the end yelling, light the beam, loud as hell. Light the beam, that yeah. Was the yeah. Rock, that was the rock bottom to me of the Clippers start to the season. And it's not just the injuries. Even the, the teams that played did not have that same resilience you talked about of 2022. It was this laziness. Ty Lue, and I know that's where we're going next, but Ty Lue's decision-making with the lineups was extremely questionable. Yeah. And it was just a lack of seriousness from the top down, from the management, the medical staff that's making decisions to rest players. Uh, and even when Paul George was healthy, he wasn't serious. Kawhi's always serious for the most part, 90%. Paul George wasn't didn't get off to a good start to the season at all. And it was just, yeah, it was an awful start. And I knew within 10 games that we weren't very serious. And it was going to take a huge turnaround to get a top three seed, which I said, we're not going to win the championship if we don't get it. You didn't get it? No championship. So I'm still right on that part. I got a lot of heat for it, by the way. I don't know why. Like... 
people have to understand that most teams that go all the way and win the championship are a top three seed in either the East or the West. It's not like you can't do it. It's possible, of course, but the precedent has always been be a top three seed and you can win. That's typically how that works. So I don't think that's crazy, but I, I have to 100% side with you on this because there was so much unseriousness going on. Like, I felt so bad this season for Terrence Mann and like his confidence because there were so many like times where he would make one mistake, one mistake after like being such a positive factor on the team and he would get pulled for Marcus Morris, who was a worse player by almost all metrics. He because his defense wasn't that great. His rim pressure wasn't that great. The three point shot looked flat. And Terrence Mann played way better defense. And, and like night in and night out, I kept praying, Ty Lue, can you just play Terrence Mann? Because he's in like a lot of your best lineups. And he just kept pulling them over and over and over. Why do you think that is? Oh, the Terrence Mann conversation in Clipperland this year was so loud, so frequent. Terrence Mann is my favorite uh, current player in the NBA, which is wild to say, but he is. I mean, I have a whole backstory with him. But uh, when he put up 39 points in game six to break the second round curse, that's a moment in history. Iconic. In my, Iconic. Yeah, in my life as a fan, I'll just never forget. So, like, he became immortal to me in Clipperland. And everything you said is facts. Terrence Mann adds a little bit of everything to our team. He shot the three ball really well this year, which was his big knock coming into the league that he couldn't shoot. He's not necessarily like an on-ball creator. He's a play finisher. He's not a play starter. But he doesn't mean he's not a good passer, though. I will say, when he's attacking closeouts, driving in the basket, he'll dump it off beautifully to a big or make the right extra pass. Like, good swing. Doesn't hold the ball too long. Super high basketball IQ. Comes from a family of his mom who's who played for Georgetown and helped coach the Atlanta Dream a couple seasons ago. And he played many years at Florida, or several years at Florida State, who were really good when he was there with Leonard Hamilton as coach. So T-Man, he is a great role player in this league. But Ty Lu seems to not value him as highly as the rest of us, the fans and all that, in the front office. At one point of the season, the front office strong-armed Ty Lu to start Terrence Mann. And that's when it, kind of the rift... There's already there there had already been a little bit of a rift as far as I know with the front office and Ty Lue and his decisions, but that one really was a lot. When he when the front office is strong arming the coach to put Terrence Mann in the starting lineup, because the crazy. whole thing, Ty Lue doesn't believe in Terrence Mann being a point guard, which you can say he's not. But again, it's, it's positionless basketball these days, right? Like you want to run your offense through your best players. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can still create tons of good shots for everybody else with good shooters around them and like a couple good bigs. And Terrence Mann doesn't have to be a play initiator even if he starts at point guard. But you saw before we got Russ, Terrence Mann was starting at point with PG and Kawhi, Marcus Morris and Zoo. That was our starting lineup. And in the And it was the working. Last 12, it was working well. Yeah, we were we were 10 and 2 in the last 12 games before we got Russ with that with Terrence, PG, and Kawhi all in the starting lineup. By no coincidence, like the defense is better. You know, you have ter you have three guys that are nobody on in your lineup in that starting five is under six five, right? So you got Terrence Mann, six five, long arms, good athlete. Paul George and Kawhi. You have one weak link in Morris, and then you have Zoo, who's a very solid rim protecting big. So it was it was working out really well. And then Westbrook comes, and Ty Lue goes back to only playing Terrence about 19 minutes to 20, 20, 21, 
22 minutes, you know, somewhere in the early, like the low 20s type. And it's very frustrating, man. And I think to answer your question of why he wasn't getting minutes, it's one, doesn't believe in him as a point guard too much. At all, I should say. And he likes having a point guard. He's admitted that. Two, he still hesitates sometimes before he shoots the three ball. And he's a 39% shooter now from three. He should be letting it fly. And Ty Lue, he is a personal pet peeve about hesitancy in shooting threes as a coach for whatever reason. Luke Kennard, he used to be that one mistake stuff you were talking about, pull him out. He was even more harsh with Kennard when we had him. So anytime he would hesitate. So I think that's another reason. And then the third reason is he and Marcus Morris were just, are just I, from everything I've heard, super close, like on a personal level. So... It was tough. And Marcus Morris made a big deal about his minutes, too. That's why he's like, did you see it on threads what he tw uh, what he posted? Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, there was st Marcus Morris, he was a he was not in a good mood this season. Let's put it that way. And when this conversation came up, came up. So. Yeah. It just bothered me because it's like it just felt like the right move is to play him. And like, I know that advanced numbers don't really mean much but like anytime he was on the court with Kawhi and Paul George they just produce at a higher rate than multiple lineups their best lineups featured Terrence Mann and the eye test showed it but more importantly even if you don't believe in Terrence Mann being point guard that's no excuse to play Marcus Morris over him because really it's like okay before Russ got there like who who else was coming in to be that guard we could say Jackson, but like you said, Jackson had probably his worst season as a Clipper, right? Like, yeah, he wasn't really there. And initially, I thought John Wall was going to come in and be that guy, but it didn't work out. I don't think they ran enough two-man games with John Wall there. And also, he just wasn't that good. His uh, free throws were really shaky. The rim pressure wasn't quite there, and there was a lot of turnovers in... You know, it is it just didn't work. So to me, it's like, OK, clearly this point guard thing that you want, the options are not there. So be flexible and, you know, try to play it a different type of way, especially when you know that like Paul George has the playmaking chops, even though I, I do believe Paul George's uh, on court action. Sometimes he gets in his own head sometimes. Sure. But that's why you go out there and you get Russ after the fact. But not playing a good player. Like a really good player just is a great way to hamstring your team. And it adds to what you said earlier, like how they came out being unserious, especially when I saw times where he still would not get burned with Kawhi not playing or Paul George not playing. It just didn't make any sense at all to me, Don. Yeah, it, it was really frustrating, especially with Ty Lue, who the last two seasons before this one, he was amazing as a coach. Like, just night and day from Glen Rivers, great. So, you yeah. hope that this uh, this upcoming season he can play Terrence more. That's all we ask. I want him to start. Oh, so you would bring Russell Westbrook off the bench, right? No, no, start them all. Okay, so you would go, you would go Russ at the one, you go Man at the two, Paul George, Kawhi, and Zoo, right? Yeah, just like yeah. the Celtics do with Jalen Brown yeah. and Jason Tatum. I, think I wouldn't a lot play more. Morris cannot touch the floor, but I would I would be thinking Robert Covington or, or Batum. But I think Terrence Mann, I, I really think Kawhi can hang at the four in today's game when there's a lot of smaller, 
it's, it's not as br brute force and stuff like that. Like, I really think, and plus, Kawhi is a good secondary, like, rim protector guy as, as, a, as a big four. Like, he has huge hands, good timing. Like, he, when he contests shots, people miss. Like, I know that sounds basic as hell, but, like, I'm serious. Like, more than other people. He has this intimidation factor as well. And plus, he's a great rebounder, you know? Boardman gets paid. That was his thing. I mean, you're telling me it's a worse option than Morris? At the People say, the pushback I've gotten is, oh, it's gonna be too physically taxing for him at the four and all that, but like, what do you want him to do? Run around chasing people off screens? Like, at the end of the day, defensively, he's usually gonna be guarding players that aren't that good of offensive threats in the first mm -hmm. three and a half quarters. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what all stars do now, unless they're really going out there and guarding. You know what I'm saying? They preserve I them by making them guard weaker players. I think what I would say, Dime, is I think Kawhi is better maximized at the three. He can play the four. The issue is Ty Lue just has to be flexible in the players playing. What I think is, is key, though, Russ, and, like, obviously we'll get to him soon, but, like, if he can match the defense that he was playing in the playoffs, those lineups become a lot more potent in terms of, like, two-way uh, ability with passing from, like, Paul George, Russ, you know, man off of closeouts and something sneakily underrated. Like, man was probably your most athletic player in terms of like getting up and down the floor fast consistently because normally it's a very slow paced guys don't really run that much. But after Russ got there, like, I would have liked to see more Russ and man combos because man's gonna run, Russ will find him, and like the pushing of the pace at times, it gave you guys different looks all the way throughout the game but but just it is crazy because n not only was man in the doghouse but you said his name robert covington i remember that was a, a, a like a a huge point every single time like why is he not playing any minutes and it was like he did something to Ty Lue personally and it was like a whole season of just get back get back get back get back that was crazy <laughs> It was, yeah, that's another conversation. Uh, Robert Covington, I don't think anyone fully knows all the details of that. But let's just say he didn't prioritize him highly. No, sir. No, sir. Yeah. But I will say this. So, so basically, after Kawhi comes back, he starts off kind of shaky based on his numbers. But if you watch the game, like, you saw he was, like, getting things right. He didn't look, like crazy off he still looked like Kawhi, just limited but then once we got to like january february march he started to play at an all-star level i mean he was putting on a clinic 50 40 90 stretches at a high high level the defense was there he he was just so marvelous when he got his legs under him towards the tail end of your season but we got to get to your biggest acquisition russell westbrook man um this was a heated trade topic. I remember it vividly because the Russell thing in LA was at like its peak peak toxic this season of like all seasons. And we didn't know exactly where he would go. Once he was linked to the Clippers and Paul George spoke up, I felt it was like a safe bet that he would probably wind up there. But Lawrence Frank wasn't interested in having Westbrook on this team what were your thoughts when you heard he was linked and might potentially join your team first? I was scared, honestly, and I'm a Westbrook fan. That's the crazy part. I was scared because, yeah, the Lakers was a terrible. The Lakers were a terrible fit for us. Everyone knows that now, but 
he hadn't really been playing good basketball, right? Like even taking the fit out of it, you expect more from Westbrook. Absolutely. You expect him to play better. I but see, it just shows you how much of the game is mental and how being in an environment that you don't feel appreciated in or you don't feel comfortable in uh, can really affect even the best players. But still, no excuse. He didn't play well as a Laker at the end of the day, and. I was nervous about that. Also, I mean, Russell Westbrook in the playoffs, like, not saying he's a bad playoff performer, but we know the reputation is there for a reason. And I've watched him since yeah. his first season, since UCLA. I know the stuff he does, like the reckless turnovers, the bad shots at inopportune times, uh, the one crucial turnover that in the in the box score it shows up as a regular turnover. It's just turns the momentum of the game, you know, just big decisions, and. We already have Paul George, who has a little bit of his own reputation. So that just doubled down my nervousness. Um, but I ended up being way wrong on that one. And, and I'm very happy that I was with Westbrook. Yeah, I I was really wondering how things would pan out because I felt like he should have went to a team that wouldn't have the pressure to have to automatically perform because had this had gone bad, we're talking about a player that is very polarizing. A lot of people in the NBA media push agendas about him as a player, as a person. And like yeah. the toxicity on social media with him because of the LA fan base, like it, it was at, at all time levels. So then you going from the Lakers to the Clippers and underperforming for a team that needs you, like, like, they they needed to have playoff success and you, and you play bad it would have looked very questionable so i was very happy to see him like really produce in, in that role he was he was really good in the playoffs as well like the defense on kevin durant and booker was like sensational i think he had one of like the best 3 and 19 games i've ever seen because if you watched it it's like okay yes he he shot horribly i yes yes that's not great but the way he was putting his imprint on the game, it felt like he kept saying, guys, we're not done. Fight, 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 fight. And he was like giving that that real push and aggression to a team that needed it on both ends. Yeah, man. I, I'm That game one, it felt so good to beat them. And for Russ to play like that, to play defense on KD yeah. and Booker like that, Oh my God! And you know they have like not just Katie and Booker. They had Chris Paul and Aiden in that game as well. We don't have Paul George. I just felt like man, we're about to beat them without Paul George, embarrass them. I would have. It was. It felt so good for a sec, and then like, three days later, when you hear about Kawhi, it all comes crumbling down. And stop all Russ though. He was hooping the whole way. Yeah. Um, had one bad game. The last one, game five, but four great games like in the playoffs. He hasn't had a good playoffs to me since 20... Um, it's been a while. 2017 to me. Yeah. So I was really happy for him. And I was at game three and, and he was playing so hard. You gotta love Russ, man. I don't know. Like I, I really enjoy having him on the Clippers. He made what was a very frustrating season with very few positives. He added some, some life back into this thing, you know? I would go to the games. Every game when Russ came was louder than before. Not saying in history, but this particular season. When Russ came, every game was louder. I think my favorite Russ game of the season, not including playoffs, was when you guys played Memphis. And, like, he was just so 
was so destructive. He, he was making his shots, playmaking at a high level. That one poster of him like on the ground, like <laughs> going like this, like the energy for the Clippers was really, really felt. And while I'm giving him credit, we also have to keep it a thousand. Cause again, like the way people talk about the Clippers and specifically for me, right, Dime, the way to talk about Kawhi Leonard, what Kawhi did in those two games cannot go untalked about. I mean, he was clearly the best player in those two games by far to me, even with Booker doing, you know, all the great things he did. Kawhi was just a force on both ends. And the fact that, like, he had the heart to, like, fight through it and still, like, play as much as he could, you got to respect that. You have to to me. Yes, that's the thing. I don't know when he actually got hurt, if it was in game one or game two. Did he play through a torn meniscus or did he tear it by playing in game two? We don't really know. But man, yeah, you're right. He was playing at such a high level, which makes it so unfortunate that he still hasn't played one game in front of a sold-out Clipper playoff crowd. Not once. Crazy to think about that, man. I need him getting that crowd jumping. But it's unfortunate that it hasn't worked out for him. He's had such bad luck. And obviously, we knew that he had injury concerns coming into coming into L.A. So it's just gone horribly wrong in that aspect. That's what makes like this next conversation kind of hard to have because i think this upcoming season dime is a very important one because Kawhi and paul george are up now you've already done good you found a way to retain another season from westward which was great i think but now moving forward like they have to make a key decision on if they're going to extend these guys or let them test free agency what would you want to do dime Definitely not extend them because why would I want to invest my money in guys that haven't shown that they can stay healthy? Um, that's, I'm sorry, but I don't care how good you are when you're healthy. If you're not giving us, it's just, it's tough. You know, it's a business though. They've already gotten paid a ton by us to get an owed 50 million this year. Yeah. I mean, and like we're, we already count 20 games before the season even starts that they're going to miss. Like this is not a formula to me to win a championship. So no, I absolutely would not want to extend them. I don't care how good Kawhi Leonard is when he's healthy. He's not healthy enough. I'm just being honest. I'm a fan, right? Like, at the end of the day, yeah, I host Locked On Clippers and all that, but, like, I'm a fan. I'm going to speak my mind and tell you how I feel. And this era, besides 2021, has been pretty miserable. It's very disappointing. And a lot of it hasn't been their fault. It's the injuries. It's tough. But, like, I just come from an era of Lob City where they were injured. And I didn't think it could ever get worse. And it's gotten much worse. It's way worse than Lob City ever was. Chris Paul played 82 games in 2015. Blake Griffin played 80, to 80 games in 2014. Yeah. It's just not the same. The regular seasons aren't very enjoyable. As you can as you can see by following me and other Clipper fans, the regular season, 2022 was enjoyable, I will say. But that has nothing to do with Kawhi and Paul George, really. So it's because it's the underdog factor, right? The Clippers, when they have this expectation behind them historically we just never seem to perform and i think going back to this season people having lower expectations of us is really going to help but no i wouldn't extend them this is your last chance if you don't stay healthy this season later seriously we're going into a new stadium man like i, I i'm gonna be honest i i don't want to do this again this season i really don't i don't believe that these guys can stay mm. healthy enough i really don't believe it but I hope they do. What am I supposed to do? I hope they do, and I like them. Kawhi is the best player we ever had. 
Like, when he's on the court, he is the best player we have ever had. And I really enjoy watching him play. But am I here to tell you that it's been fun having him on the team? No, it really hasn't. Like, it still feels surreal when I go to games and see Kawhi playing for us. Like, I'm like, dude, this is wild. It's been four years and I still feel that way because I just haven't seen it enough. And yeah, man, I can't, but I will say this, Westbrook makes it more fun. But this is your last chance. They, they're running it back, fine. Let me see you take it seriously. Let me see you stay healthy, which that's the part I really don't trust. But I just, I'm praying for it. And then let's see Ty Lue play Terrence Mann more. Let's see those guys not go super small, you know? Let's see how it's yeah. like having Bones Island from the beginning of the season or Mason Plumley for the beginning of the season. We had no backup center for Zubats last year besides Moses Brown, who's probably not even an NBA player, to be honest. All due respect. But, yeah. So this year, we'll see. Yeah, I would agree with you, by the way. I think Kawhi and Paul George are phenomenal players. I do believe they will be extended. I don't know if it's going to happen before or after or during this upcoming season. But I do think that is going to happen based on the fact that, you know, as you said, they're moving into a new place. But to your point, like th this season feels like, okay, this is this is a test of where we're going to be as a franchise for the next four to five years. Because it's not one, both of their contracts are up. If they both walk the amount of cap and roster change that would do, it puts you in a different place in terms of trying to compete. All of your draft picks, and this is why I think they will be kept. Because all of your draft capital, you essentially traded for both of these dudes. If they both walk, you have nothing to really rebuild yourself with. All your picks, for the most part, are gone. So I think that they're going to commit to the idea of building with these dudes. But it's extremely hard to, you know, value such talented players when they don't seem to be able to play in the biggest moments. And then the one time that they're all good to go, everyone's fine, they don't get it done and they lose a 3-1 lead. Like, it's, it's you know, hard. The NBA is hard. And, and like, especially under the new CBA, which is going to be very, very strict on roster flexibility changes and things of that nature the Clippers have to be very careful about what they want to try to commit to so I feel you on that Don especially when like you gave up another potential franchise player for these two dudes in Shea yeah um you know I I said the same thing as you I said we can't let them walk but then somebody honestly on my Twitter made a really decent counterpoint and he said we're Los Angeles, man. We cap space. Like, people might want to come. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have a new stadium. It's L.A. And Steve Ballmer's a great owner. So, like, it's not like the old Clippers where it's like, even if we had cap space and even if well, we didn't have a new... Well, we had a new stadium at Staples Center at one point and people weren't coming because it's Donald Sterling. But yeah. I think the only way you can say that people would want to come to the Clippers is if they feel we did PG and Kawhi wrong, but we haven't. We've done everything for them. Like, and I think the only reason why we'd have to move on is, or let them go is because we don't trust their health. And I think anybody, even a competitor in the NBA should understand that. So I really think you're right that we don't have draft capital and that's the big hesitancy, but this is LA, man. We got the Intuit Dome coming. Like this is not your, your dad's Clippers. You know what I'm saying? Like you sure do. people might want to come, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic of anything. As long as we have Bomber, I think we'll be decent. And even if we're not decent, 
I hope we're competing, something fun to rally around. And I think I have right. confidence with certain guys like Terrence Mann, Brandon Boston, Bones Highland, Musa Diabate. Uh, we can eventually, we, I mean, I, I would love to see those guys hoop at this point. Like, I don't care. I just want to see something fun again that I can believe in. It's very hard to believe in this right now, my guy. I really like your perspective on this because I feel like oftentimes, like, we focus so much on, okay, who's going to win? How how good how good are these players? Are they contending? They're not contending. Blow it up. We never focus on, is it fun to watch the basketball product? And I can understand, like, the feeling of, like, game to game. Is Kawhi going to play tonight? Is Paul just going to play tonight? No? Okay. Is Ty going to play this player over this player? Like, it just seems like a lot of stress. And then at the end of the road it's not like everything that that happens during your 82 games is meant for okay now these dudes are good they're going to play in the playoffs and now all of the excitement is in the playoffs because then they're not you know confirmed to play all the way through in all the rounds of the playoffs either so i definitely feel you on like the fan thing of of, am i enjoying the product because ultimately we watch basketball for entertainment and that entertainment factor can be missing if these dudes, as good as they are, are not playing. Now, I do like Paul George's comments. I think he's been very honest about his role himself and like his health and like how important that is for the team. He says that like he really wants to have a monster season, but obviously anyone can say anything. We have to see how things pan out. I really pray that Kawhi Leonard does not have a similar start to last year. I hope that he, he he's able to come in. 100% healthy. I don't think his recent leg is as bad as it was last year, but we'll see. What are your thoughts on that? It definitely isn't. As far I mean, torn ACL is more severe than torn meniscus, but it says, just uh, Ty Lue recently said that Kawhi is on track to be fine for training camp, but who knows? I don't believe anything this organization says anymore. Um, I hope he's okay. I think that's massive. If Kawhi's healthy no minutes there'll probably be a little minutes restriction or a little bit but if it's not like last season where he has a major setback and essentially misses like the first quarter of the season then it's a huge difference maker huge like going back to the basketball product comment you made when Kawhi plays is i have fun watching the product <laughs> bro having a guy like that that can score in the mid post like nice turn around over both shoulders mid-range assassin like i love that style fundamental like and he play and he competes on defense and like, like I love watching him play. Like when Kawhi's on the court, he's extremely enjoy one of my favorite players to watch in the league. But it's like I'm not even that enthusiastic about him, and he's on my team. And I'm I'm a rarity for a Clipper fan. Like a lot of Clipper fans love this guy. Like I like him. I don't love him. Cause I also don't really know him at all. Like I know like in terms of a personality. <laughs> look, at, look at Paul George. He's a, he's doing a podcast. We hear from him every week for an hour plus. He reps Clippers wherever he goes. Chris Paul was the Players Association president. And he was, you yeah. know, he's he literally can't stop talking. Like Chris Paul's like he could do his I'm surprised he doesn't do a podcast, quite frankly. And uh Blake Griffin, like he was like a, doing stand-up comedy. Like it's just it's interesting. Like he's not necessarily a guy that loves the spotlight in any by any stretch, you know? Like the last LA basketball star I can think of that was like that is like Kareem, you know? Ooh, and, okay. Yeah, because everybody else seems to enjoy it i mean kobe was to himself but like he wanted to be that dude like he he loved the spotlight on the court and off the court he wasn't afraid to talk into the media and stuff 
I'm not saying Kawhi's afraid, but he doesn't like, clearly, he doesn't like talking to media or anything. Like, the first person that gets Kawhi Leonard on a podcast is going to do That's such gonna numbers. That's going to be insane. It's going to do crazy numbers. It's going to do crazy, gonna break the crazy numbers. Bro, imagine oh, yeah. if Paul George gets Kawhi on the podcast. I think he's got the best shot. I think he's got, yeah. who else would have a better shot than Paul George? That one would do millions in, like, days. But, yeah. Yeah, um, the last thing I want to ask you is, from your perspective, what are your expectations for your team ultimately? H- how far do you think they go if they make the playoffs? What like what is like the seating range you think they'll be in, and what are your expectations in terms of like a role player to take a dramatic step this upcoming season for you? Well, I don't trust their health, so I'm gonna say we're gonna be fourth through eight. Quite frankly, I don't want that to be the case. So if that means four through eight, that means, see, we could make the conference finals as a, if as a four seed if Kawhi and Paul are there. Like the, the playoff thing is so I, I don't even know how to answer that. Like I don't know. How, right. Do you know how to answer that? Like, could you make a no. prediction for the Clippers for the playoffs? Like, yeah, exactly. It's all dependent on Kawhi and Paul. So, okay, I'll give you this: if they're injured, obviously, or even if we're missing one of them, we could lose in the first round. But if they're all there. We could, any every team but Denver, I think we could beat. Every team but Denver in the West, I think we could beat. Um, can beat, though. No, I'm not saying we will. That's for the regular season for me to see what we can do. Right. Overall, though, yeah, I'd say we're going to be like a five or six seed. Hopefully avoid the plan. That's not what I want. And I think we have the potential to be much higher. But um, And then the role player, I just hope Terrence Mann just gets more minutes, quite frankly, because you'll see production increase, but... I would love to see Bones Highland just continue to improve. And there's flashes that he wasn't as bad a defender as, as initially advertised uh, at, towards the, in, in the playoffs. He's got really long arms and he's got good hands. Um, and I think he just took some smarter shots and just honestly just got a little stronger. Maybe he has this summer. It would be so great to see Bones Highland take a leap. And then a sleeper one. I'll throw even a sleeper one in there. Brandon Boston. Ah, if, if I was waiting on his name. Yes. When we have load management, I really hope to see Brandon Boston because Jerry West told us, like, he had, there was a little event with fans. He said to our face that he thinks he's going to be an all-star one day. And I like Brandon Boston, but if Jerry West has that much confidence in him, I'm not going to argue with it. So let's give him some ch- chances. He has great size. Like, he has long arms. He's good in the passing lanes. And he's got a bag, clearly, but like, you know, the efficiency conversation starts and all that, but it's hard to be efficient when you're right. not getting consistent burn. So hopefully he gets burned. 100%. Um, I think for me, I, it's tough to do the playoff seeding thing because there's so much talent in the West. There's going to be two good teams that ultimately miss out on the entire playoffs, one through 10. Like it, it's very, very brutal. I still believe LA is a lot to make the playoffs. I just think that they have way too much talent to not. The bar won't drop that low. And they still have Russ, who, by the way, something that goes underrated with Russ, too, is not not only does he play hard, but he plays every night. Like, he's, he's going to play basketball for your team, like, the most during the entire season. And he's shown that when push comes to shove, he can floor raise those units on a night-to-night basis if those guys aren't playing. So, to me, I fully expect you guys to be in the playoffs. I would argue probably like a 5-4-6 seed. I, I don't think you guys fall 
all the way to the plan. I think you're just, you know, good. In terms of playoffs, I agree with you. Like, that's that's just very hard to call. It's very matchup-based. And also, like, are we getting a serious Ty Lue? Is Terrence Mann going to play higher minutes? Is Paul George, Paul George and also Kawhi going to be healthy? Is Marcus Morris going to play playoff minutes? Like, these are things I need to see before <laughs> I can guess that. Um, but I don't know if I would pick them to win a title this season. That's really based on what I see. Like, if they're taking the regular season seriously, if these guys are good to go, then I would probably put them back in that conversation. I still kind of think Denver is probably the favorite to get out based off their continuity, but it's hard to win back-to-back. As a Warriors fan, seeing the season we went through, it's extremely hard to win back-to-back. So I'm not really sure, but... Overall, I would be 100% with you. Those would be my expectations. Brandon Boston, I do want to see him get like a rotational type of role. And I think an easy way to do that is by trading Marcus Morris. Please trade Marcus even Morris. Then, even then, though, we have a lot of players. That's the sad yeah. part. <laughs> him. Sadly. Yeah. Well, good conversations with Dime. Make sure to tap into... His channel, Dime Dropper, I'm telling you, this man uploads a lot of content. He just had his space the other day talking all about ABA basketball. So big shout out to Dime. Also, check in to his Locked In Clipper spot. All of his links will be in the description in the comment section below. Dime knows basketball. And like here, I've been trying to like go through all 30 teams to really see like their value, their players, and like their expectations coming in. Because I think this season coming up, it's going to be the season I thought last one would. I really, really do believe the Clippers? that. No, no, just just everyone oh. in the league, period. Like, I had high yeah. expectations for, like, the basketball product last year. And it was good in, you know, spurts, but it wasn't quite where I thought it would be. We have so many good teams in the West who are going to have. Yeah, we do. West not better for sure. Yeah, so I can't wait to see exactly how that plays out but again tap into dime all of his links will be in, in the description a uh, big shout out to everyone who made it this far for the 21st episode of the gifted hoops podcast make sure to tap into spotify apple podcast into the video version on youtube we appreciate you and we're trying to go strong two episodes a week catch y'all next week for some sacramento kings talk with deuce we'll catch you guys peace out people have a good one